welcome to this podcast, My Positive Birth, a little corner of the internet where I will be collecting positive stories from women birthing their babies across the UK. My name is Lisa. I'm a doula in southwest London. I have three children and two positive birth stories. I truly believe that we can all learn so much by listening to the positive stories of women and families who have gone before us. What their birth experience was like, what they did, how they felt, how they feel now a few months or even years later. So come and surround yourself with positive birth stories told in women's own words. And I hope you'll find a village here to calm you, but also to inspire you and give you confidence in birth. All women and babies deserve a positive birth experience. So let's get cracking on today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast this week and I'm really thrilled to be joined by Nilsha and I'm particularly thrilled because we spent ages organising this uh, meeting, haven't we Nilsha? Yes we have, yeah, we finally got there though. We finally got there, um, so I can't wait to hear about um, your positive birth today, um, but first perhaps would you just start just telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Okay, so um, I'm Nilsha, I'm only 43 years old, um, I have two boys, one is nearly seven and one is nearly two both winter babies so yeah both boys might as well have had four kids with the way those guys are so yeah <laughs> and that's yeah we've got a little cat as well so yeah I'm kind of outnumbered really uh I know I think I told you but I'm adding a puppy to my family today which um I'm terrified about and uh, if you follow my Instagram I'm sure you will have seen evidence of him already but yeah kids is not enough is it why not why not add in some pets as well <laughs> that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> lovely um so you obviously um got two children and um would you say that both their births were positive experiences um yes so very different but positive so with the first one um he was fairly easy it was really easy pregnancy um i didn't have any morning sickness um and we didn't find out what he was going to be at the scan or anything we decided to keep it a secret um and the second one um again easy in the sense of no morning sickness i know anyone out listening will probably hate me for that especially those that go through severe morning sickness um but with the second one for some reason i got a generational diabetes mm-hmm. um which was really random um which meant obviously um that I had to control the sugar levels which meant um daily pricks um and, and then obviously not eating chocolate which is what you want to eat during pregnancy um so yes yeah, so i had to curb a lot of that which was rather strange but apart from that it was fine you know, um, it was easy in that respect. Um, but yeah, those two were probably the main differences of those pregnancies. Mm-hmm. And what um, what were you kind of thinking about birth um, during your, perhaps your first pregnancy in particular? Um... So I really wanted the, um, the birthing pool, you know, um, that was kind of my aim. So I was at St George's, you know, at the hospital and they've got like a birthing suite, etc. So I was all for that. But um, I knew in my head I didn't want to be fixated with what was going to happen i think you've got to have an element of flexibility and just think you know what yeah you've got an idea but you just got to go with the flow at that particular time um whatever that situation might be because it may not be what you expect it to be um so with him it was quite funny with my oldest my first birth boy number one we'll call him um he was fine um i spent a lot of time at home with the contractions etc 
um, at one point I had to go to the hospital because I wasn't sure whether I could feel him. So they always say, you know, come in. So we went in. I wasn't, well, I thought he was all right, but I wasn't too sure. So we went in and I said, yeah, yeah, he's fine, whatever. So I made, then I also made the mistakes. So this was just about midnight. So it was quite late at night. I kind of, I called it, I made the mistake of asking um, how far gone am I? So they had a little check. And according to one of the nurses, I was maybe, she said I was five centimetres. So therefore I could stay in the hospital. And um, so I was, like, I was given a little room. And um, my husband said, oh, I'll just go and get the bags from the car. And she wouldn't let him go and get the bags. Because she said, oh, no, no, it's all going to happen very soon and stuff. And I, at this point, I had a tense machine. So that was one of the things that I had during that time of the birth was a tense machine, which was an absolute godsend. Um, and I had my headphones plugged in. So it was kind of quite wide up, so to be, you know, wise now. And I was just dancing around with my music. So I created a playlist, um, different types of music. And it was just dancing around and I was like there's no way she could be giving birth now she looks as if she's in clubbing you know it's this just not normal this can't it can't be like this you know um, and I wasn't but they kept me in for six odd hours and I was no I wasn't progressing and when they checked me again I was only three so obviously I was tired more than anything else but I hadn't really slept um, and it was only till the following day which was a Friday that it really kicked in so then I just thought right I had the big you know, the gym balls you get, I can't remember what they're called, um, the big grey bouncy balls that you use for yoga and stuff. So that was like another best friend. And I hung it out for quite a while. And I knew it was kind of like, yeah, time to go now. I think I stuck it out, stayed in the living room, my little corner, I had my little hobby corner kind of area. And um, yeah, then we just went into the hospital in the middle of the night. And they said, yeah, you're definitely ready now. I'm like, are you sure? Because are you sure? And they said, yeah, we're sure. Um, and by this point when she checked I was eight centimetres gone um, so I was in the birthing area I wasn't going to let my tennis machine go I got so used to it you know and it was like no you know um, but then I fast forward a few hours and things. So at this point my waters hadn't actually broken um, so I think she had to break them which she shouldn't have done but they did but anyway um, but by the time it came to push I was, I was absolutely shattered um, when it got to that because I'd been awake I hadn't really slept so the tiredness was kicking in. Um, so when the second stage of the, the whole birthing area came in, I just didn't have the energy to push, to be honest. And it was just kind of like, I'm too tired, you know. Um, and, and that was, you know, that's, that's all it was. I mean, there was no other complications or anything. I was just, honestly, I was just exhausted from the night of the lack of sleep. And, and you know, um, so then they decided I got checked out. And I'd said, obviously, if I wanted to go in the birthing pool, I could. But I couldn't have my tennis machine for obvious reasons. And I just decided, you know what? I want my tennis machine more so i said you know don't worry about the water um it's fine you know even though from the whole pregnancy i was like no i want a water birth I want a water birth i just said no i'm, I'm good i'm good um as i am uh, so i got checked out and um they were going to give me they weren't going to give me the epidural it was it was called um a spinal injection i think it is called which only lasts for about 20 minutes um and it's just like a one shot kind of thing it's very quick and then it wears off you know, within 20 minutes. So I think they realised that it was just a short burst I needed. So I got moved out um, and they gave me the spinal drip. But obviously, I was, I was having huge contractions then, so I had to be careful that I had to stay still during this and I had to do it really quickly. And um, once it kicked in, I felt great. I was like, couldn't feel anything. I was like, oh, this is great. And I thought, do I just need to lie here then, you know? And they said, no, you still need to do some work. I'm like, oh, okay, you know. Um, you know, you weren't in the most comfortable positions at all. 
um, but it, you know, you just go with it, etc. Uh, but at this point, the midwife who was with me, she'd actually finished her shift, but she stuck it out because she knew there wasn't that long left. And then, yeah, I think it was just a couple of contractions. I was just told when to push, and he was out eventually, you know. Um, and yeah, but I could, I could feel it was great for that moment because I, even though I wasn't in any pain, I could feel him moving, you know, and, and having that feeling, it was just, it was just amazing, you know, to actually feel your baby and you're thinking, yeah, this is happening. You know, this is like, wow. You know, um, I think that is something people don't actually tell you that, that, you know, if you can feel it, then, you know, it's actually extraordinary, you know, going through that emotion and everything, you know. Um, so yeah. And then, yeah, he was out. So he was, he was all good. Um, so that was kind of normal. Was he about 12 hours or something like that? You know, from being in hospital, that's kind of normal standard one for him. Lovely. Can I, um, can I ray back and ask lots of my little questions of, uh, just, uh, thinking as you go along. So how, um, how kind of uh, many weeks were you when you, when your labor started with your first son? He, he was 40 weeks. So he was just over the 40 weeks, kind of 40 plus five I think he was due on the Monday his due day was Monday but he actually arrived on the Friday yeah and how um how did you know like what were your kind of first signs that that labor was starting and and how did you feel when when you thought oh yeah this you know probably is happening I think you just feel that the contractions kind of building a little bit you know um and I felt okay because I've been doing um pregnancy yoga and actually joined pregnancy yoga uh, locally here um so I just constantly doing the moves you know the hip movements and things like that um and I was happy doing those kind of moves as and when I needed to uh, it was fine I think I think mentally you just sort of get into that zone I think it's really important to get into that zone of not panicking and just align your head with your baby kind of thing just say okay it's happening it's fine let's just listen you just listen to your body um and yeah I think it was just that and you just take it each one as it is you know and um did you have your how was your husband your birth yeah partner? yeah was he at that kind of stage so that sort of um earlier stage um was he kind of tuned in or were you kind of getting on with your own thing or how did it kind of work between you early on I just I just said if I need you I'll, I'll, I'll shout kind of thing you know I just I just had my tuned in if I needed anything he was there you know food wise um etc if I need you know bouncing about or if I needed anything it was fine otherwise but normally I just kind of left them to it and then at the hospital um he was just there to do what I needed, really. Um, but I was in my own space, kind of thing. So if I needed him to hold my hand or anything, then that'd be it. Otherwise, it was just me, my ball, my kind of zone. And um, when did you say, so I was just thinking about the sort of comfort measures you could say that you've described that you had your kind of movement and your birth ball and your breathing. Did you put the tens on quite early on? Um, yeah, I think you, you needed that just so you get used to it. You know, and then you just turn it as and when, you know. But it it was a nice feeling. It wasn't, you know, a horrible. It was more of a soothing kind of, you know, feeling kind of thing. So you know, you just, I think you just calm, calmer with it, really. So yeah, it was it was good. And did, sorry, did you say you had music as well? I had music as well. Yeah. Did you have it the whole time? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So I had different types of music. Kind of. I didn't really have too much of the. I had some of the relaxing stuff, but then I had. Um, sort of dance music as well you know something with a bit of a beat kind of thing so you know if you're doing your movements kind of thing, you can go with your movements you know so you, you know you're counting kind of thing so you're not um so every contraction kind of thing, you're not counting oh my god how long is it going to take how long is it going to be how long have i got left you just fixated on your music or something you know so it takes that edge off um 
I just love the favourite tracks really more than anything else. Or just um, old, you know, old kind of music you can just sing along to, you know, your favourite music. Yeah, yeah, I know that's really helpful. And then how long would you say um, you'd been labouring at home before? So you're saying you kind of, you went to the hospital, actually stayed quite a while, then came back and then went in again. Um, so I suppose that very first sort of segment. For about 24 hours, I reckon. So 24 hours at home, just sort of doing your thing with your ball and your music, husband helping where you needed. With Your, your tennis machine must have had very good batteries because <laughs> I'm thinking it was on for quite a long time. They do, yeah. They do last quite a long time, actually. Even I was surprised by that one, but yeah. And were you feeling calm or excited or? Both. I think calm. You sound calm. Yeah, I think you have to be. I think I think you can be excited and everything, but um, it was predominantly calm and just practical in that sense. You know, I think you just get into. I think it's excited that it's happening, kind of thing. But then, you know, it's it's, it's difficult to then have any. Other, well, I didn't want to think of anything else you know, negative or anything, oh, what if this happens, or what if that happens, or why have my water's broken, and I'm doing, you know, you, you start creating scenarios because you're obviously told in your practice, this is what normally happens, this is the normal order of things happening, and if that doesn't happen, oh my gosh, why hasn't it happened, is there something wrong, Um, but you just have to not have that thing, and it's just, okay, if something's not happened, it's okay, there may be a reason for it, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing, you know, it's just, not happened um yeah. yeah and I guess sort of trusting your instincts which obviously at, say at one point so you're saying you had about 24 hours and then at that point you just thought I would like to go for the reassurance that that baby's fine you just think well, not sure but it's better to be sure and it's like no it wasn't fine it's like no let's just pop over and yeah get it checked out I'm sure there's nothing but let's just do that um, but yeah and then um so it's quite interesting to me that you that you had quite a long stint in hospital and then and then you went home because that probably is is a bit more unusual so um yeah tell us a little bit more about what I think you mentioned it was sort of six hours so what how did that feel to you was that did that feel different to laboring at home um and what kind of what what happened to make you decide to go to go back home again um, because, well they said we have to send you back because you're not as far gone as we thought you were so it's a case of just go home relax and then roll with it and then come back when you're further along so I'd hope I had the app which I knew I didn't need till a lot later on so when I got home which we just tried I well I just tried to sleep but which is it's a bit harder when you get to that stage you know it's not really sleep mm. had you had any sleep since the the sort of 24 hours prior no because you just think oh that's it you know when you know you keep in the hospital you're thinking oh right yeah it's happening um but because it hadn't you sort of adrenaline kicks in and everything you know so I hadn't slept the hospital it was just eating and dancing around kind of thing so had you slept at home because you're saying it's all 24 hours before you went into the hospital that first time had you had some sleep during that time at home like little naps kind of yeah. thing yeah you know yeah. so what you wasn't proper asleep as such you know yeah and how did it feel um were you were you glad to go home or frustrated yeah. or... no no I was all right going home because I wasn't feeling as though I needed to be in hospital, you know, I was all right going home. Uh, I wasn't in any pain or anything as such, you know, so I knew probably home was probably the better place until I really felt I needed to be back at the hospital. So, yeah, so no, I didn't, I didn't feel as though I wasn't frustrated. I, I was probably more frustrated that I was led to believe that I was x because I could have just come home and actually slept some, some of that six hours there. But, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, um, if I hadn't gone in, you don't, you don't, you just don't know. It's just one of those things, you know, depending on who's on the shifts and etc. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and you managed to keep 
fairly calm about that by the sounds of it because I guess it would be quite easy to be derailed so obviously your labor did not go backwards like that your bodies just don't work like that um so as you say that obviously their assessment you know was was prob- probably not that kind of accurate um and it's interesting isn't it because you, you knew that really inside I can tell from what you're saying like when they're saying oh no like you haven't even got time to go to the car you know you kind of in your in inside your body you knew that you really just wanted that reassurance that the baby was fine um but yeah how did you how did you kind of stop yourself being derailed by that then I can imagine that that for a lot of people they would that could potentially kind of have been hard to stay calm and kind of just sort of embrace going home again I think you just I think you just have to you just trust what they're saying you know and you trust your own body you know if you feel that something's not right or you know you are actually in a lot more pain then you could question it you know um I didn't feel I was in the pain that I was expecting to be in you know when you hear about birthday stories etc I'm thinking no this doesn't sound as I don't feel so I mean either either something not right with me my pain threshold or I'm not there yet you know and I think I felt so I wasn't there yet yeah so I thought no I could manage this for quite a bit longer um so it's fine you know but obviously yeah if you're in a position where it's unbearable then you would question it and say you know I'm you know I'm in pain etc etc you know um but because I was in that manageable state I was quite comfortable just going home like no that's fine yeah no that makes sense thank you and so then you were back home and just back into a similar zone that you'd been in before yeah and the yeah. husband getting a bit of sleep at any stage oh yeah he slept oh yeah he slept fine you know he, there was no lack of sleep on his partner and a hit flask of um, JD and Coke you know he had yeah he, he was all set to go kind of thing you know I think it's me that needed the alcohol but obviously not you know but yeah no he slept and then just to draw out of you a little bit more what's yeah, how, how long were you? How long were you back at home for? And what kind of what were you feeling inside? What was that kind of shift that you thought? We went up, I think, about two in the morning, which was when I first rang the hospital. And and by that point, I was using the you know the several contraction apps that you know you can time everything. So I was using those, and they said, "Can you hang on for another hour at least?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think so." And my husband was like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think I could push it another hour. Let's go with it." So I pushed in and I thought, no, now I do need to go kind of thing. And then we just got in the car and, and went to the hospital, kind of, which wasn't a bad time because at least you get parking then. So, you know, because that's the one thing that we were worried about. Or I wasn't, my husband was worried about. I was like, where are we going to park? Because obviously hospitals have lack of parking. So he timed it quite well in that sense because it's middle of the night, it's loads of spaces. It's like, yeah, it's fine. We don't need to worry about that. And how can you remember kind of, say, so I just, in awe really, because um, I think for a lot of women, you know when you kind of really sign up to the process from the very beginning and then you know you've been in, you've been having contractions for a long time by by now and you just you sound so sort of wonderfully kind of pragmatic about it do you remember how kind of frequent they were for this kind of two days sort of build up uh, it's variable then it kind of ramped up every 10 minutes or something like that you know you started ramping up then and thinking oh, okay yeah you know i was just huddled just like hugging ball you know that big ball of mine I just found that more comfortable you know not not sitting on it but just hugging it you know like it was some sort of huge teddy bear um did you take that with you no I didn't take it because they they actually had one there so I could just use that and so when I did get to the hospital they said okay what would you like and I, said, and I saw the ball in the corner I said I just need that that's it um I'm good so I had the bed and had the ball kind of thing and and that was it you know that was my comf- comfortable kind of position um, and I didn't really need anything else. It was just that was wide up. Um, 
with my tens, one headphone in, so I could hear other people talking and just need my music. And I just said to my husband, okay, press play or whatever on my phone. And that was it. And so I kind of worked out what my comf- you know, comfort stages were, what I needed. And I think you just go with it then. I think you just listen to your body, I think, at that point. Um, and just go to the hospital. It's just like, yeah. I think beforehand, you just think, okay, how am I going to get to the hospital? You know, you see, you know, when you're watching things on TV and stuff, you know, like, you're thinking, am I going to be screaming down the corridors? You know, up, up getting up to the labour ward. You know, I'm going to make a complete fool out of myself with other patients walking past. You know, you have all those thoughts, you know, how am I going to, you know, because you don't know how you're going to be. Um, but luckily, in the middle of the night, because it was in the middle of the night, it was hot quiet. Um, and it was in winter. I just had my old boots on. We managed to get up and just walk. I was actually all right, you know, uh, and I was just like praying, thinking, I hope they'll get there and not have a huge, massive contraction where I need to make a lot of noise back and just bear it, you know, and stagger across to the thing. And it was, it was all right, you know. So you had the, you eventually, after quite a long time of being awake, by the sounds of it, um, had the, had the, just the spinal um, block, just the kind of shorter lasting one. And had you experienced any kind of pushing sensations before that? I knew I had to because I could feel it, but I just couldn't push. Um, so I could feel that I needed to do it, but I just couldn't do it because I just didn't have the energy to do a lot of that. You know, I was trying everything, but I just didn't have the energy to, to give it what I needed to do to get him out. Um, and I think that was due to just the tiredness, I think. And do you remember how you felt at, at that at that point? Um, did you feel any any fear or worry, or you did just literally just feel exhausted? And, uh... I just felt exhausted because I just thought, well, because um, I'm quite petite, so I've always, even before I got pregnant, I just thought, how on earth? And this could sound quite, um, well, not strange, I suppose, but because I'm quite tiny framed kind of thing, I just thought, if I have a baby, how on earth is this baby going to come out naturally? But then I just thought, you know what, I'm not going to worry about it. You know, it's going to come out one of two ways. Um, and it is what it is. You know, I think you just, you can't worry about that. And I just thought, no, because they keep they kept checking him. And he was fine. You know, his, his, his heartbeat was fine. Everything. So I thought, well, there's no problem. I just can't push. So they'll, we'll work out the best way of getting him out and just be done with it, you know. And that's and that's all it was. I think I think if, if his heartbeat had gone up or whatever, then, then yeah, I think. I would have probably panicked a little bit because you just naturally instinct would. would. Uh, but because he was fine, I was fine. Um, yeah, no, that's brilliant. And I loved your way of, your kind of saying it was amazing, that that feeling of, of birthing him. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've got any kind of more more words for that. I think when you go through antenatal classes and explain what's going to happen, you know, what happens during the whole birth, you know, when the baby comes out and your pelt, you know, the actual process, kind of thing, these dummies and dolls and things like that, you know, you've got that picture in your head, you've got those images and that vision in your head. So then when you can feel it happening, it's just, it's extraordinary. I mean, some people will probably find it freaky, and I get that. Um, but for me, I just thought, wow, you know, a human that I've cooked is coming out of the oven, you know, and yeah, and you could you could feel the first bit. So it felt him first come out, and I thought, okay. And then they said, you know, his head was. They could see it. And I thought, right. And for the next one, then I could feel his whole body kind of pushing and coming down and out. And I was just like, oh my god, you know. And you're trying to put what you're feeling to what you've seen, you know, in the antenatal cash. You know, you're joining the two parts together, and you're visualizing it and you're feeling it at the same time, which is kind of really strange. But it is it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing when you can feel that. If you can, no one else can feel that. You know, in that room, it's just you are the only one that can feel that. And it is it's absolutely mind-blowing that what your body... I think that is when you appreciate what your body's just done. 
um you know i think we don't we underestimate what our bodies are doing and because it's very little you normally feel you know um but that movement yeah yeah no I love that I also love when you're saying it's saying you in the room I also love the fact it's you and your baby isn't it so you're like a little team and uh yeah your moment together yeah it's like your moment yeah it's like yeah come on we can do this we can do this you know you're kind of like psychologically kind of talking to your baby and saying this is a team effort you know obviously yeah there's all the other people around you to make it a team but ultimately it's just you and your baby trying to get it, you know, to work together to, you know, for that positive. Uh, it's like, no, we can do this. Come on, we can do it. You know, you're all right. You can do it. You know, it's like these little pet talks um, and doing that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. And um, how was kind of immediately after his birth? Um, did that, was that all smooth? And what was your kind of first first 24 hours day? Well, they didn't tell us what we'd had at one point. I'm like, um, can someone tell me if it's a boy or a girl? You know, they said, "Oh yeah, it's a boy." I was like, "Okay, cool, that's fine." And he was fine; he was absolutely fine. Um, it is exciting. I think that. I think your fear. Well, for me, the fear kind of kicked in at that point a little bit. You know, like, mm, what just happened? You know, but no, I think it, it overall that pregnancy was long, but it was expected to be a bit longish. You know, your first ones are always long, which is a stark contrast to the, the last one I had. <laughs> yeah. Shall we? Shall we move on? See, so, um, you mentioned. Yeah, pregnant with your second son, and um, at what point did the um, did they diagnose you with the gestational diabetes? It's I can't remember how many weeks it is, but it's after they do that glucose test. Maybe kind of twenty four weeks ish, maybe perhaps. And what did it? What kind of conversations happened in relation to the birth? Um, was there any um, specific things that came up? I guess particularly following the gestational diabetes. What, what was kind of the plan? It well, the actual pregnancy was fine in itself. So there was no concerns on how to give birth. Um, although they just said, well, we're not going to let you go over your 40 weeks because of your GB and your age, because I'll go I'll over the 40 years kind of thing. So that, that's just normal guidelines anyway. So it wasn't necessarily me or my health or the baby's health. Um, and how did you it, feel? How did you feel about that? I was all right with that. It's kind of like, no, that's fine, you know. Um, and I think we just said, well, if you go over, then we'll have to call you in. Um, I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I, I, I didn't really panic because I just thought, well, there's no need to panic unless I needed to, you know, it might not even, we might not even get there and get to that point. Um, I think it was just about controlling my dental diabetes more than anything else. It was just, you know, sort of the meetings of how you control it, etc. Um, I think that's probably the only thing I found more difficult in this thing because normally I, I'll just eat anything and everything, you know. Um, but this time I had to really think about what I was eating and more the portion size as well, you know. Um, but I found a few little hacks of trying to get chocolate in. I found a way of controlling the chocolate and mixing it, you know, um, pairing it up with certain foods. Um, so it's actually really interesting, to be fair, because it's not something you'd actually think about unless you're in that position. So it was probably more of an educated, um, educational pregnancy journey, that one more than anything else. Um so it, it did shock me at first because I don't suffer from diabetes or anything. So it was really random. Um, I just thought, well, someone's controlled it. Um, the hospital could see from the charts what the stats were, you know, and it was fine. So it's kind of like, okay, all I had to do was just maintain it till the end. And they just said, well, once you've given birth, you can eat whatever you want. You can have as much chocolate as you want, as much sugar as you want. doesn't matter. It was just, I just needed to hang on till that point, really. Um and yeah. What was your um? What was your plans? Go back to the birth center again when you? Yeah. 
yeah, it was, it, yeah, I was going to try and go into the water this time. I was going to try and put, you know, it was, just, it was going to be the same drill as the first one. Really. I was still going to have to tense the machine, but then see if I could push it out into the water, take the wires out and try and go in the water this time. Um, so, yeah, it was going to be the same thing, yeah. I meant to pick up on that actually from your story before is I, and, it, and it's come up before on the podcast and with me also but I love like you, you said about flexibility earlier and I love that like we you know we can have plans and ideas of comfort measures and that's a brilliant thing to do but I love that the body wins and you were like the tens machine is not coming off <laughs> so water is not happening <laughs> but it's um it's great to retain all your options isn't it so like for this birth as you say you were kind of still yeah wanting to keep all the options open with that so yeah tell us tell us when when did you what what how many weeks were you when you when you went into labor and how did you know this time oh so i finished work at the end of uh 36 weeks um so it was a friday so i finished work on a friday done my bit and then on the monday i had to go in for a 37 week scan um which I think is normal now, I can't remember. I had to go in and everything was fine. Um, so they just double-checked everything. It was fine. It's like, okay, we'll see you um, when we see you. You know, everything's fine. If you, if nothing happens by 40-odd weeks or by, you know, then, then we'll have to get you in. It's like, okay, that's fine. Um, totally understandable. Um, so I came home. Uh, so it was on Monday. Um, I ordered some click-and-collect stuff for the baby. Um, so my eldest was at home at that point as well because uh, he finished up for Christmas. And so then it got to Wednesday, um, and I woke up. But with this pregnancy, I actually had Braxton Hicks. Um, didn't irritate me really. It was just, it was just there, you know. And I just got on with it, you know. Um, they were a bit more regular on that Wednesday morning, but it wasn't painful, so I didn't really think anything of it. So I just carried on for my breakfast and whatnot. And I thought I said to my eldest, you know, we'll, we'll go into um, shops. Get the click and collect, and we'll go for a bit of a coffee and cake, you know, just before me and him time, you know, beforehand. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool, that's fine. But these Braxton Hicks were getting a bit more frequent, shall we say? Yeah. So how did they fit? I actually never had them. I had three pregnancies and no Braxton Hicks. So you say they weren't painful, but you were aware of them. Yeah. So it, it's painful in the sense that when it happens, you you bump, just goes really hard, like solid hard. And I think the pain is just because your your skin's just stretched, you know, and it's pulling. So you stick it, ah, oh, you know, it's like rock hard kind of thing um, but then it just goes back and you stick it all that's when it just gets uncomfortable but it's not the same as um normal contraction kind of thing so i didn't i just thought right it's just back to next it's like you know um yeah it was, it was really weird but they were just getting more frequent um but i just didn't think because it because i wasn't in the same pain obviously with a second or any subsequent uh, pregnancies you kind of think back to what your first one like because you've got some sort of comparison you're thinking okay when i'm here i know where i am kind of thing you've got some one haven't you really um so i didn't think anything of it i wasn't in any pain to um think anything of it you know i just thought well due in three weeks ish so kind of to be expected possibly you know um didn't didn't really bother with it and then um my plug went about 10 o'clock um again didn't think anything of it because it doesn't really mean anything it doesn't mean anything's going to start straight away so now nah, it's fine um, and my husband and my eldest were just joking around, saying, oh, it's going to happen soon. I'm like, no, it's, it's wild. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. And then, so I was just crying around, and I was going to get in the car, and my husband's like, I'm not quite sure you should be going on your own. I'm like, no, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. And he's like, no, 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 I'll drive you. We'll go a bit later. I'm like, okay, that's fine, no rush. Um, 11 o'clock in the morning, then my water went. Luckily, I was in the, in the toilet, sat on the toilet. And I was like, ah. 
okay. Because my first pregnancy, my water never went, so I didn't know what that feeling was like. And then I went, oh, okay, now I get it, yeah. I was like, but I was still calm. I was like, okay. Because it was happening really quick, so I didn't really have time to panic or anything like that. So I went down to, I just thought, well, I'll just sit on the toilet, it's fine. You know, I'm not going anywhere, it's fine. Um, and again, even at this point, I didn't feel any pain or such. So uncomfortable, but not pain, you know. Um, I just thought, I'll just sit here, nothing happening, you know. Um, and I thought, right, I'll waddle down, because I was at the top floor, ours is like a townhouse. So I thought, well, let me go down to the middle floor. So I went into the ensuite, um, spare bedroom ensuite in there, and I thought, I'll just sit here. So my husband goes, are you all right, kind of thing. Sort of thing. I said, yeah, I'm all right. I said, do you just want to bring the um, hospital book, kind of thing? I might just give him a call, because uh, they probably want to call me in. So my orders have gone, and he goes, okay. And I says, it's fine, don't worry, it's chill. So I says, because he was still working and doing emails and things, so I says, don't worry, there's no rush. Um, just bring the book up, I'll give him a shout. So he goes, okay. So he took his time, obviously, because I did say, don't rush. Um, and then while I was in the toilet, I sat on the seat, well, I had this, so I didn't have any tense machine, I think hadn't even arrived. Um, I had this urge to push. And I just thought to myself, this is rather strange. Um, and I probably panicked for about 10 seconds because I thought, why do I need to? I think because you, you know the difference then. I'm like, this can't be happening now, surely not. Um, I thought, nah. So I kind of resisted the whole pushing things. I thought, nah, that can't be right, that can't be right, you know. And then I got to the stage where I had to give in. You know, I had to listen to that body. And I thought, explicit word, and I thought, I'm just going to have to push, you know. So I kind of pushed, and I kind of half screamed, but not screamed, because I thought, well, I don't want to fully scream, because my son was still in the house. Um, but I was all right, I just grinned, and, 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 and he still heard me, you know, he was in one of these rooms, and he was like, Mummy, are you all right? And I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I'm fine, don't worry. So he went downstairs and told um, my husband, and in that time, I thought, I had to push. And I just thought, I'm not sure what's just happened here. So, um, going a bit graphic in a way, um, I put my hand down and I could feel my son's head. And I thought, okay, this is happening. And this is happening now. Um, but at this point, I didn't panic because I just thought, well, I can't panic. I've just got into that zone. And I'm quite practical in that sense. It's like, okay, what do I need to do kind of thing. So by this point, my husband had come up with the book. Completely believes to what just happened. And I says, um, he goes, oh, there's a book, what number do I need to ring? Um, and I said to him, um, forget the book. I says, the number you're going to need to ring is 999. And I'm saying it to him like how I'm saying this to you now. And I says, he goes, what do you mean, 999? And I says, this baby's coming now. Uh, we're not even going to make the hospital. He goes, what do you mean we're not going to make the hospital? It's just 10 minutes up the road or 20 minutes up the road in the car. And I says, no, 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 this baby is coming now. I said, his head is nearly out. And he goes, what do you mean his head? And I says, well, the head of the baby is half out. So I says, can you go upstairs, get a load of towels, that, you know, because we always have like a stack of old rubbish towels. I says, just get a load of towels, just bring them down here. Uh, and then he realised by my face that I wasn't pulling his leg because he actually thought, is she making this up? You know, is this some sort of wind-up? Because those guys had basically joked about it earlier in the morning. Was it just me carrying on with that? And he went, I'm like, so he went upstairs and he brought the towels down. And by that point, he was, you know, um, he brought a load of towels down and he was on the um, phone to the ambulance, you know, the, the 999 call centre thing. And um, 
they were sort of saying, you know, what position is she in, etc. You know, they were trying to do all that fact-finding kind of stuff. And I think he couldn't work out what to tell them in that sense, you know, like what position. And I just went on all fours because I thought, I'm not getting my back. And I said, just tell them I'm on all fours. That's it. They'll, they'll, come, they'll get what you're on about then. So he goes, okay, fine. And he sort of then says, oh, yeah, no, she, you're going to need to push. And I'm like, and I started laughing. And I says, yeah, no, I need to push. I need to wait for a contraction. You know, I can't just push camping. So um, at this point, I hadn't had the fear. I just thought, I've got no pain relief. I've just got to pray that it's quick kind of thing. Um, and I've just got to go with it. You know, again, like the first, it's a team effort, as in just got to go with it, you know, tune in um, and just focus and just just concentrate on what I've got to do. Um, uh, and then the next contraction came and he was out. So my husband kind of actually had to deliver the baby as well, kind of thing, you know. Um, and the ambulance crew, luckily, because it was during COVID, um, they came two minutes after he was born. You know, so they were actually really quick. I think I was still, the adrenaline was just sky high thinking, what the heck has just happened? You know, I've just given birth at home. You know, it's it's insane. I'm, just, I'm looking at this baby and thinking, has this actually happened? You know, um, and the, the crew that came, they're all women. And I said, sorry, girls, you've just missed it. And I felt really bad for them because, you know, it's, it's something nice for them to see, you know, especially with everything going on with COVID at the time. And, you know, it would have been, I said to myself, I said, this little guy just wanted to get out quick and it's lunchtime. So, you know, we had a crack and a joke about it, you know. Um, but it was just really surreal. And I, know, and I just thought, you know, everyone says, you know, second baby, so they, you know, they can come earlier and they are, you know, they come quicker. I'm thinking, well, this, this guy, I thought, this guy's just taking the biscuit here, you know. <laughs> I thought, it's three weeks early. He's just completely knocked out everything that I'd had planned. You know, Christmas, he was out before Christmas, which wasn't a bad thing, to be fair, because I didn't really want a Christmas baby, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, it was, and I could obviously with this one, I felt everything, you know, the pain, everything, you know, there was no injection. Um, and it was just weird. I think it took me a while to comprehend what had just happened, you know, and it was just, I don't know, it was just, you were kind of thinking, okay, practically, okay, what, what needs to happen? And I was apologising because I hadn't sorted out on the bed. There was still, like, spare clothes I hadn't put away, and so the bed looked a bit of a tip, you know, and they needed some space and stuff. And I, said, I was apologising. Oh, don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I'm really sorry, you know. <laughs> That's ultimate women, isn't it? Like, you just done this, like, ridiculously powerful, amazing. And you're just worried about the mess on the bed. You know? It's like, yeah. And that's, you know, and I had um, gas and air at this point. So um, for the first one, I tried gas and air. But I was just sick. So I didn't, I really didn't take it. But then this time I thought, well, I was a bit reluctant, but I thought, try it. Because I was still having the contractions with the placenta. And um, it actually was fine. I was like, oh, I quite like this. You know, it's like, yeah, give me some water, the gas and air. And I thought, I don't know what happened the first time, but I'm liking it now. You know, um, and yeah, it was just weird. And I had to go to the hospital, you know, go in the ambulance and holding this baby. And I'm just thinking, this just really just happened. I'm just going through my hair trying to process what happened within the space of an hour. I've just given birth. Yeah. And how do you um, feel about it now? Because I think it's come across really well as you've been talking. What a what a kind of yeah surprise and the shock it was um yes yeah, so i just wondering a couple of years on kind of how you reflect back on that birth um, i think the key is to stay calm you know um not to have i think you've just got to deal with what's happening in that present moment you know not get any negative thoughts oh haven't you know because i think i could have easily gone into panic mode thinking i have no pain relief 
you know, what am I going to do? How long is this going to last? What am I going to do? Because um, that is the easiest, that, that will just normal instinct kind of thing, you know. Um, but you just, I think you really just have to focus on the positive, thinking, okay, what have I learned? You know, what moves can I make? You know, um, what mindset do I need to be in? Um, and I think that really is the key um, on it. And then just go, okay, it's not why I expected it. It's not like I expected it to go, whichever way it goes, I think, you know. Um, but, okay, I'm home. I'm okay. What can I actually do practically? You know, um, you know what you're in control of, not what anything else is. Uh, you know, it's so difficult. It's, it's easy to think about things that you're not in control over, you know. And, and I think we just need to remember what are you in control of and just, just focus on that, I think, more than anything else. Yeah. And what, um, just a couple little questions from what you said. Um, I guess some people might listen and think, how would I know that I was pushing? And I don't know if it's easy to describe, but, you know, what was it your, your body was basically? Yeah. It, I think the difference when you're the first stage is just on and off pain. And then, you know, you, don't, you just need to move around, you know, if you've just got, um, any way of describing it, it's probably like on and off pain and you just, need to move you know to get rid of that pain you know you just need to it's, it's that sort of that niggly pain kind of thing you just need to move around it's probably that kind of pain but when you need to push it's like as if something's like like and then the only way of describing it and this is going to sound maybe a bit odd or maybe not odd, but it's, mm, yeah is you need to go for a big poo i think that's i think that's the best way of describing it to anybody that hasn't experienced it and that's the biggest difference from a niggly pain to feeling as if I really need to go for a big poo. Um, and actually, that's really helpful, isn't it? Because even if it doesn't feel exactly the same for every woman, we don't worry about how will we know that we need to poo. Like, we just know that our bodies will tell us. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And then I was just wondering, was there quite a pause between, so you, so you had that first kind of huge contraction where you were like, okay, and then you, and then you felt that the head was almost born. And then it sounds like there was a little, a little pause, really, whilst you got the got the hospital book and the towels and the yeah well, between the first and the second contraction i think that was around maybe 15 minutes 15 20 minutes yeah okay and with with no contractions in between or no so i'd only had the two yeah i just had the two yeah so they weren't close together so that's really um really interesting as well and uh yeah i guess um again i thought of in awe of our bodies and how like yeah you just you kind of you know you got everything you wanted in place and then then that next one and he was born yeah that's um that's amazing and I love like what is just massively coming across talking to you is that you do you you do just emanate a sort of calm and a sort of inner inner trust like you said you know no need to worry unless there's a reason to worry and I think um yeah I think I think that's really important yeah yeah thank you and uh yeah and yeah you, you've told us lots of bits as, as we've gone along but any last sort of words of wisdom and um for people who might be listening in who are who are pregnant now um any things that you're really glad that you that you did do and that you thought kind of contributed to the positive experiences um, it's just enjoy it enjoy enjoy it as much as you can because um you know um all women you know go through different stages of it you know um it isn't easy um, but yeah, I think I think you just have to enjoy it and just embrace it. I think you know, um, and embrace each and every pregnancy that you have, whether it's your first, whether it's your third, or whatever it might be. Um, you know, I was unfortunate that I've actually carried um, three babies, two and a half, I suppose, because um, in between the two, um, I actually had a second 
I was pregnant the second time around, uh, 2018. Yeah, 2018. Um, but then during the um, 12 week scan, um, they found uh, that the baby wasn't well. And basically, um, he was diagnosed, I, I say it was he, I'm, I'm assuming it was a he, to be fair, because you don't really know at that stage, um, that he was diagnosed with uh, triploid syndrome. So this is one of the ones that you don't really hear about, you know, so you hear about all the downs and uh, all the other ones you hear. This is one of the really rare one. Um, and and I, we had to take that decision, you know, we were told um, he, uh, he or she wasn't going to, um, he was very poorly, you know, and even if the baby had survived the pregnancy and it was born, it wouldn't live for probably more than 24, 48 hours. Uh, because of abnormalities so we took the decision to terminate that pregnancy uh, i think it was the right thing to do it's it's a horrible decision to make um because you're actually terminating that pregnancy as opposed to um other forms of baby loss you know where your body rejects it etc you know miscarriage kind of, um it doesn't make it easy um but yeah having made the decision to it was the right thing to do you know i didn't want to put the baby in any more distress than it was it was it was never going to get better um and there was no point making it suffer you know in my head it was kind of like well i can't change anything um and i didn't want to stress the baby out for no reason it wasn't it, no one was going to benefit from it you know i wasn't the baby wasn't um so yes yeah, so at 14 weeks um i had that termination yeah um so obviously for my third pregnancy the quick one that was also at the back of my mind mm. you know um but you just got to think this is a different pregnancy um it's it's there but it's not there you can't really think about it too often you know it's just one of those where it is what it is you know um but yeah i, th I think for any woman that goes through any pregnancy just, just enjoy it you know enjoy what it is and just I think, yeah just embrace it and just um not not be mindful of all the negatives but you know go with the positives more than anything yeah. else because it is a miracle it's absolutely you know your body does amazing things yeah thank you you know it's very gracious of you to share I mean the thing that stands out with you really is just what massively different experiences you had kind of each time and uh yeah you know some some women have you know relatively fast first labors and they're kind of semi-prepared I guess but I don't think going from uh you know a sort of two day plus labor to a to a two contraction labor is probably uh yeah I know one hour labor that's it, it is quite extreme yeah, yeah, but just um, you know, brilliant, brilliant. I think it's so helpful as well that that they were both positive experiences, and that also just goes to show, doesn't it, that there's no kind of one textbook answer of what what would make a positive birth. And uh, yeah, you you literally almost had polar opposites, um, and yet can look back on both of them positively. It's a very powerful message, I think, just a reassurance. Yeah, like you say, there doesn't need to be a perfect plan, um, but it's but it's kind of. Um, yeah trusting your body and yeah being present for for whatever your body and your baby decides is, is going to be the path so uh yeah no it's fascinating thank you so much um and uh, yeah look forward to getting this episode out for for everyone to learn from your experiences so thank you Nilsha no worries thank you Lisa thank you bye-bye this podcast does not present itself as medical advice and neither should it be taken as such the views represented here are personal to the women telling their stories Sorry for this slightly patronising disclaimer, but such is the world we live in today. Always seek out the information you need before making your own decisions. <laughs>